The question today is, what details do I need to know? We are so glad that you're here because you're choosing to thrive after betrayal, trauma, or addiction. Hi, I'm Ashlyn, the once betrayed. I'm Kobe, the once addicted. And I'm Brandon, the expert. Now, why am I an expert? Because I've treated betrayal, trauma, and addiction for over a decade. Okay, we're going to answer that in this episode. But before we do, I'm just going to read a quick review. This is called, I'm so grateful for this podcast. I've been listening to this, uh, listening to it for a month now. It's been so helpful in validating my thoughts, emotions, and behaviors and my, of my spouses. It has opened my eyes to the reality that there is real hope to heal and to fix our marriage. I'm thankful for the vulnerability of making their marriage and its problems public to give guidance and hope to all of us out there dealing with similar situations. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Glad that that is working for you, the, the insights and so forth. That's what we want to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's the idea. Um, I love reading the reviews. Um, I was meeting with someone today and I I meet with people who are just starting off a lot. And I just want to say recovery is absolutely real. Healing is absolutely real. Um, and so I love the reviews cause it's kind of like, you can kind of hear people like along their progression mm-hmm. in, in that. And, and to totally. know, that, to know that some of the stuff we talk about is helpful and helping you move forward. That really, that makes me feel good. So makes a difference. Um, I know we say that stuff like that every week, but I really do mean but it. But it's true. That's yeah. why we keep coming back. Right. Exactly. It's, it's, it's doing something for someone. Yes. So, okay, I want to lay the context a little bit for um, this, this topic. Um, I, so I've done, I don't know how many full disclosure processes. Um, I've worked with couples on whether or not they should check in. Uh, what do they check in about? Um, I've worked with addicts about relapses and, and how to disclose that to their spouse um, I've worked with the betrayed side of things on their fear cycles and figuring out what they really want to ask and what they, what's healthy and what's not healthy. Um, and, and so one thing that we always come to is what is healthy when it comes to disclosure, when it comes to the details? Um, what do you need to know? Why do you need to know it? And what helps with recovery for both the betrayed and the addict and what helps with recovery for the relationship. And it's trickier than, than, uh, than you may think. So what, what was your guys's experience with this? Um, I think it's, well, you can tell me if it's not normal or not, but I felt like I needed to know a lot of things and it seemed, I remember having this conversation with my therapist, Amy, like, I I think it will help me if I understand all the details, um, especially with full disclosure. And I remember her really trying to convince me, like, it's not the answer for you, Ashlyn. Like, yes, there are certain things that you need to know, and I'm going to work with Kobe on those things to make sure that the truth is there. But there's definitely details that don't, that won't move you forward. And Um, and then again with like, how are we supposed to talk about recovery? You know, once you're both working recovery, it's this, like, are we talking about it every day? Are we, is it something scheduled once a week? What does it look like? Uh, you know, how much space can we hold for each other? So it, for sure, for me, it was, I need to know a lot. 
So, okay, Ashton. So that's, that's interesting because your natural kind of first response is I want to know, and I want to know all of it. I want to gather this information, but what's the, what's the danger in the details? What's the problem? Uh, the creating more triggers for myself. And so knowing details that, what, how did she say it? I'm sure you've said the same question, like, will this help me move forward or is it just giving me information? And if it's just giving me information, it could lead to, okay, those physical trauma responses. Every time I drive past a certain store, you know, that he told me all the details that this is what happened when I was in the store. And is that valuable to me? Um, it may not help me move forward. So I may choose, I don't need to know a little details like that. Right. I don't need to know every song that you were with, you know, those types Listening of to, with the other person. But here's, here's the thing, Ashlyn, and I'm kind of playing devil, devil's advocate here a little bit. You take somebody who's been lied to um, and, and gaslighted and, you know, their partner has omitted a lot of things. And then that person goes to therapy and they're told, hey, don't, don't expect or it's unhealthy for you to want details. Um, it it kind of sets up this, this really uncomfortable dynamic where it's like, look, don't support my partner in omitting or manipulating the truth here. Um, I want everything out there in the open. I want to know every last detail, right? Yes. And so for, I know from a therapist's point of view, I know the details. Some details really are destructive. Yeah. They're dangerous. Here, here's how I see that, Brandon, because I, I can imagine you probably get caught in the middle a lot. <laughs> um, for me, I did fight back on this for quite a while, um, a few weeks at least. And what I think the process for us, I know you've said like, you know, disclosure is kind of this process. It's not something you do on your, your, your intake with your first visit. And right. so I did have to build that trust with my therapist to say, I, okay, I'm going to hand this over to you and really trust that Kobe's going to be upfront with you and honest and that you are going to kind of weed out what's important and what's not. Right. And it really was that letting go to both Kobe and my therapist, which I don't think I could have done any sooner than I did. Yes. I, I love that Ashlyn. So so you had to go through the initial fear of like, I want to know the details. And then the process of, okay, I'm going to let go. Like I'm going to trust. And, and luckily, Ashlyn, you were working with a therapist who knew what she was doing. Um, but I'm going to trust that, that there, my therapist is telling me this isn't good for me. So I'm not going to like, keep digging in here. Right. So that's uncomfortable. That's really hard. Yeah, it is. Especially, you know, in the beginnings, you don't trust anyone, including yourself. And so to really let that go was, I would say, a bit of a gift, you know, of like, I'm taking a step forward here. It doesn't maybe look like it, but it was a step forward into trust. Right. Okay. So here's a question for you. Um, what is good for you to know? Because we're not saying just, you know, go go into your own denial and pretend like nothing's happening and don't, you know, just like butt out of his business. We're not saying that. Um, but what is important for you to know as, as the betrayed? I don't know the right answer to that, Brandon. <laughs> I'm but, asking 
I'm asking the question so I can answer the question. <laughs> okay, Brennan, please tell me the answer. <laughs> but what's the what's the principle that you operate against on this, Brennan? Actually, because I think that's a I think if if people can can um, put that front of mind right and and know okay this is the principle that Brennan's operating against, then I can work against this. I really like the way you said that, Kobe. The principle that you operate against. So if if you're going with with um, discovery of what happened or whatever, and, and you're doing it because you're just spinning in fear and you're trying to grasp at what's happening so that you can make sense of it, then you're going to probably end up in more fear. Okay. Um, the, the, you know, what, what needs to be disclosed to the other person is all about the principle is safety. It's all about, you know, if, if my spouse does something, and I am unsafe, it's fair for me to know that I am now unsafe because she has done something, right? And so think, let, let, let me give some examples. Um, you know, if my, if, my had, if my spouse had sex with another person, that could lead to an STD on my part. Um, so there's a couple things that are unsafe. My body, I think my, my spirit in some ways because of our our connection in our marriage and our fidelity that would really be hurt. Right. And so for her to disclose that to me would be absolutely appropriate. Yes, you did that. Right. Now there's a difference between her disclosing, Hey, I had an affair. I slept with somebody else and her saying I had an affair and I slept with somebody else. And you know, his hair color was this and Mm -hmm. we had sex for this amount of time. And here's some, some of the different types of positions that we were mm-hmm. in. And these are the ones I really enjoyed. And the ones he, I'm probably triggering some people just by saying this stuff right now. Right. Right. And, and, and that would lead to all kinds of fear and comparison and all kinds of stuff. I need to know she had sex with another man. Right. Um, I need to know if I'm in danger in any way. So um, th- does that, does that make sense? Yes. Um, so safety is the principle we're off operating against. That's perfect. Yeah. Now you might say, you know, as the betrayed, you might say, well, it does make me feel safer to know kind of exactly what they've done. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> to <Yeah>. Amy. <laughs> yeah. And I'd, I'd, I'd say to yourself, really ask yourself, is that true? Yeah. Um, you know, is it, does it make you feel safer to know the restaurants they went to? Or does it make you feel safer to know the exact porn sites that your partner's been to? Um, you know, well, and, and it's that, and and also for me, it was asking the question: Is it helping? Does this help me take a step forward to heal? And when I really dug into that, you know, because when we did a full disclosure with a therapist, there's follow-up questions. There's that time is given for me to come back and say, okay, I'm hearing all this, and I might have some questions asking for more information. Um, and so to ask myself, does this really move me forward? Is this keep going to maybe push me into that stuckness of trauma work around knowing this detail? We're, we're not saying, um, I'm going to come back to what you just said, Ashley, because it's important. Uh, we're not saying, you know what, like get the big information and then live in denial about the rest. Right. 
what we're actually saying is get the big information that has to do with your safety and then understand that the rest of that stuff did happen. Um, but that you don't, it, it doesn't help you move forward to understand the details of that information, information, right? So we're not saying stick your head in the sand or avoid hard topics, hard conversations, but we really do want you to assess just like what Ashlyn said, will this help me move forward in my recovery to know that detail, right? Um, and, and to know some painful things will help you move forward. Yeah. Yes. Right? And I think the, I mean, what's the point of doing a full disclosure, Brandon? It's part of it is to rebuild trust. Yeah. Right. It's like, okay, let's just like throw right. it out here. Here it is. We have something to stand on now. This is truth. Right. And yeah. so it is valuable to have that step taken and to move forward from it, even though but, but, it's messy. But when, but when I go through full disclosure, we work hard to say, let's bring out the facts. Let's yeah. bring out the, the stuff where your partner, she needs to know, or he needs to know whether or not they're safe or not. And, um, and we take out all of the other subjective uh, stuff and the details that don't matter. And we whittle it down to here are the facts. And, and so it's absolutely important to know that um, the the uh, the work for the betrayed, and this is really hard work. We have this natural tendency in in us when we're in fear to try to um, we we gather information, we obsess, we we so that we can control the situation. And um, there's this there's this portal we can go through. This, this space where it's like, I'm going to let go and I'm not going to obsess and gather all the information. I'm not going to shift to my own healing and my own recovery work, the things that are in my control instead of trying to control them and what went on with them. And that's where some real healing can take place. So sometimes it takes getting out of that obsession in order to do that. I think a, I think a really good example would be having both of you share um, some instances well or a good illustration would be to have each of you share an example of what happens when details are shared versus facts and what the effect is for the partner um i've i've had one gal in particular that i can think of who was given um and they did do a therapeutic disclosure but it was just not, maybe not the right information with the therapist but it was so many details that no matter where she drove, no matter what song came on, it was so many traumas that it was hard for her to be in group because she couldn't get those things. Like she hadn't worked through those things to even get into a place where she could just, I'm going to live recovery. I'm going to do my dailies. It was like they were overpowering her everyday life. Right. And um, I, I didn't have those things and it was just, it was painful for me to see her in that. Like, I don't think this group is right for you right now. I think what's right for you is to go and do trauma work, which is something I can't yeah. help you with. Right. Um, so I, I mean, it's, it makes me hurt for those who have had, and I think a lot of us have had those experiences, whether it's with a therapist or not, where yeah. it's just too much information. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, 
I mean, Kobe, I just things like, um, I had a, a client describe to his wife exactly what the prostitute looked like that he slept with, um, like every detail and, um, and then exactly what they did every detail. Um, and I, I won't get into the, the nitty gritty details because it's quite explicit. Um, but every detail with his spouse about that. And so you can imagine um, the, the, the trauma triggers. Uh, she sees a woman who fits that des- description and she's with her husband. She's triggered. Um, they do certain things sexually and um, it reminds her of the things that she heard that, she, that he did with, with her. And so it, she's, she's triggered. Um, but, but what happens to her? Okay, so that's like perfect as far as an illustration, but, but what happens to her physically and what happens to her mentally and emotionally when she is in recall and she goes to that place well well it there's there's a that's a great question kobe but there's an like a even bigger thing that that happened which is she tried to look like the prostitute oh okay um and, and then realized that she couldn't and then she actually put on a lot of weight and just like gave up and was like i'm just done like i and, and so she, I saw her kind of pendulum back and forth because she was so obsessed still in that fear cycle uh, around it. And, and, you know, her work really is, is, is letting go of his stuff, letting go of that and focusing on who she is independent of trying to be good enough for her husband. Right. Um, and so, yeah. So I think, I don't, I don't know, Kobe, if your question was more like in the moment, what is a trigger like for the betrayed? Is that kind of what you're asking? Yeah. Yeah. What happens in that moment? So, you know, Sally Sue's driving on the road and she sees a restaurant that, uh, that her partner and the, her partner's affair partner uh, would frequent. What happens to her physically and emotionally in that moment? Anxiety. Um, so however, however fear manifests in that way, lump in the throat, shutting down, um, just panic, heart racing, um, control, watching her husband's eyes. And so, so all of that, all of that fight or flight response in fear starts to take place. And that's what a trigger looks like. Yeah. Uh Narratives can start forming of, oh my gosh, this is, it could be happening. It's not, you know, and that spike narrative can take over and it becomes your truth when it's in fact, maybe not truth right then. Um, Thoughts, thoughts, thoughts feed emotion, emotion feeds more thoughts, which feeds it more emotion. And then you're just in this snowball overwhelm of emotion and uh, you're not in your wise mind at all. You're, you're in your emotional mind. And then you just start reacting and responding and controlling. Right. So. And that's probably got ripple effects, not just with the partner, but also with kids, with work, with family, with, you know, all, all kinds of, uh, all kinds of people and in all kinds of situations, which, which we talk, I mean, and I guess that's the piece that's really important that, that I wanted to identify, which is when we talk about moving forward, it doesn't like details don't help you move forward. Like, especially in that moment. Of when oh, like you hear asking for more, in asking for more details, and 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 wanting specifics in that moment, but also in future moments when when you remember those things, 
that's what happens. Like, like it's important that you remember that you will be stuck in that moment as often as you go back to that and your body will physically stay in that moment as long as you recall that. And, the, more, and, the, more and in, the more you're in it, the more you're in it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's the, that's the piece that I really wanted to, to make certain that we could identify is like what the, what the actual repercussion is if you actually go there and if you, if you get the details and live in the details because progress can be halted in a very demonstrative way. Well, the, the, uh, you know, they say that betrayal trauma manifests as PTSD, like same symptoms as PTSD. Um, and I, I would love the research. I would, I would love the research to, to just see the correlation between betrayal trauma and anxiety disorders. Um, mm -hmm. Things like insomnia, panic attacks, um, just generalized anxiety, because almost every single partner that I've ever worked with has has really struggled with some levels of anxiety mm -hmm. and um and, and for good reason i mean if you look at it contextually you can totally see why yeah um and 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 this is the hard part is when they've been betrayed it's like this isn't my fault you did this yeah exactly now now they have their work to do to not live in that anxiety and um and, and, and not digging into these details is, is part of that is when you're digging into those details, you're, you're, you're spinning, you're in that anxiety. Yeah. Place, right. right. So for those um, who are listening, who maybe don't have a therapist they're working with, we do actually walk you through a full disclosure in our shattered trust to thriving intimacy online program. So I know some of the listeners have probably already done that. Um, so there is resources if you don't feel like you have them, especially right now during a little bit of quarantine pandemic that's happening. Um, there still is resources for you to move forward through that. Um, can I switch and let's talk about just everyday like recovery living? How do we deal with that and how do we check in type of thing? Yeah. Um, we have a great episode on check-ins, by the way. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it. Um, it's a it's a good resource. Um, but yeah, how, so, so Ashton, your question is like, how do you live everyday recovery and not live in that spinning place of needing the details of everything? Yeah, because that's a very real thing. I mean, I had full disclosure yet. I still was like unsure of how what, am I supposed to be sharing everything I'm that's spinning in my head with Kobe and do I really want to know all the things, how many times he was tempted and all these things like do I really want to know all these things? And well, yeah. at first my answer is yes. Heck yes. That's how we heal is if we know everything because we've had no honesty. And um, again, that's where uh, my therapist stepped in and said, no, that won't build trust and safety for you. That will only keep you in that anxiety ridden place of hopelessness. Like this is never going to get better. Um, in fact, I think Maybe a year ago, I asked Kobe, something came up. Somebody asked like, Kobe, do you still have um, daily temptations and where you're being, what do you call it? Like um, slips and things. And um, it's something I hadn't even asked him in years. Like, oh yeah, do you? And he's like, no, like rarely, if ever, um, that's where he was at. But it was just, it was funny to me that I'd come from a place of, I need to know to Oh yeah, that thing. Is it still a thing for you? Right. <laughs> it's kind of a big deal. 
which I mean, which, which, which was a fair, which was a super fair question. And, um, you know, we had, we had decided long ago, as far as day-to-day stuff that I report those, um, those thoughts, oftentimes those thoughts are just lobbed into my head and, um, and it's really not so much about controlling whether or not those thoughts, those tempting thoughts show up as it is about just saying, oh, that's, that's like a tempting thought. I'm going to dismiss that and moving on to the next thing. And um, if, if that just all of a sudden appears in my head and I, and I report, yeah, well, I had, you know, six different times today where I had a tempting thought jump into my head and then, you know, and upon recognizing it, I dismissed it. Like that's not going to serve you, Ashlyn. You, like you text Ashlyn right in the moment. It happened, but one just happened. Got to tell you. Got to tell you. Got to tell you. Right, and and it's. Um, but that's a real thing, Brandon. Right? Like, there's a lot of listeners who are like, "Well, crap. That's how I'm doing that." Oh, and I'm, I, I'm joking, but only halfway. Like, yeah, yeah. It's a very real, like, and I've I have it on both sides where. I have girls in group who are like, this is not helpful, yet my partner keeps doing it. They're, you know, it's like, and you know why the partner keeps doing it? Because that it's them using their partner for their own self-worth and okayness. If I get this off my chest, then I feel okay. I feel okay about myself. I'm good enough. But here's the thing, you guys, and, and this, is, this is just reality. It's a hard reality, but it's reality, is that trust is built in that vulnerable place. And, and so what that means is like the, the truth is, and here's, this is taboo. We all have horrific stuff go through our mind, terrible, awful, crazy stuff. If we all had a movie of all this stuff going through our mind out in front of us, we'd all be like, Oh my gosh, people <laughs> think that we, we all have that. Right. Totally. Um, and, and, and do I need to disclose all of everything that goes to my mind? through my mind to be an authentic person and a, and a trustworthy person. No, I don't. Right. But my wife knows that I have some crazy thoughts. I know she has some crazy thoughts. I know she has some sexual thoughts. She knows I have some sexual thoughts. Right. Um, and so we accept that we understand that that's there, but we trust each other and we know that, Hey, if she were to break something in terms of my safety, I really feel like she'd tell me. For sure. Right. And that, that's the, like, the key of what you're saying, Brandon, is it's what you're doing with those thoughts and right. those, whatever's coming through, right? And that's really what we've tried to get a, the message across on the podcast the last few years is it's like your intention. And so you're human. If you have thoughts, like right. you said, you guys don't have our story at all. And yet here you are saying you have similar type thoughts. Absolutely. You're human. Right. Um, but, and, and that's it, Ashton, you said it, it's what you do with it. If I had a thought, if I had a bad thought, let's say, and that turned into shame, Spike came in, oh, you're horrible, that's, you sinned, you got to make that right, you better call your wife and tell her, and then all of a sudden I've turned that thought and I've given it a ton of energy, right? So now I got to go give these details to her about this thing that I haven't let go. And she's got to say, I still love you in order for me to be okay. As opposed to just being like, there it is. Okay. I see it moving on with my day. Like I I understand that, that, that that's there. Um, when, when a couple, they can really resonate in fear together. They can feed this dynamic. She's in a lot of fear. She wants to know every detail. He's in a lot of shame and he wants to disclose every detail because he wants to be 
good enough and, 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 and they just feed each other shame. And what it takes away is that vulnerable place where trust can actually be built. Right. Wow. So this is kind of higher level recovery stuff, yeah. by the way. But, but I think that the, so I'll just kind of, I'll, I'll encourage us to stay here for just another moment because um, I think one of the hardest things to do for someone who is just starting recovery is to push back on their partner who's asking for the details and say, actually, that's not going to serve us. And I've committed from here moving forward that I'm going to share those with my group or with my therapist or with my sponsor or whomever, because what will serve us is the fact that a relapse took place. What will not serve us is knowing the details or knowing if I, you know, got caught up in lust for eight seconds today. Like that stuff that, that stuff that won't help anybody. But, but, but as long as, go ahead. I just, I got to say, I totally agree with you, but you got to tread lightly. Yeah. Because, because you take a guy who's been lying and omitting uh-huh. to, to his spouse for yes. over and over and over again, then he's saying, look, I don't need to tell you the details. You, you know, that's unhealthy for you to know. I'm good. Like, I'm, what's that going to do to her? Well, it's still scary. For me, I did need, and maybe this is not right, Brandon, but I needed to see that he was working through it with someone and so just by himself and saying, I've got this and I'm, you know, we'd already tried that for 15 years and that didn't work. And so for me to see Kobe, if he is having those struggles, he's talking it through with a sponsor or he's with his therapist or in group and not trying to do it on his own. Um, yeah. And then coming to me after and saying, Hey, this is something I need to be upfront and honest with yes. you about. And yes. that to me is like, okay. I can let go of this because I know he's figuring out and working through this and, and using it to learn from and not just say it happened again and yeah. it happened again. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, yeah. I love that. I, I, I agree with what you're saying for sure, Brandon, because you know, there, I mean, for, for a long time, I was the guy who did live the lie multiple times. And so it's like, how is Ashlyn really going to trust um, and I guess maybe that's the question for you, Ashley, is how did you begin to trust that I really was um, sharing with a, sharing with a uh, sponsor and I was being honest rather than just I, using it as a get out of jail free card? I don't know because I never listen. I still don't listen to your check-ins. I don't know what you're saying, but I just let that go. Like that's your stuff. And if you choose to not be your authentic and honest self, then... I have, you know, my own consequence of how I will show up, but um, it's more about your stuff than taking that on as my Yeah, it, I mean, it's definitely about my stuff, and I want to hear what your thoughts are about this too, Brandon, but it, I, I think that if, 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 if an individual has a long history of lying and of real deceit, right, and, and I, was, I was an individual for sure, um, and if they put effort in earnest into recovery, not to the extent of checking boxes, but really owning recovery, their, their life is going to look different than what it was before. Moreover, there will be this, um, I believe, a renewed humility and um, contrite manner that accompanies um, recovery. And, and so if, if an individual is, is going to therapy 
and is um, working through group or is working with a sponsor and is consistent. Their, their dailies are demonstrating their commitment, but yet they're still, they're still in this place of deception. Then there are way bigger issues yes. to deal with. Um, and, and I would say that as a rule, that's more the exception than anything. Is, is, that, a, is that a fair generalization, Brennan? Yeah, but Kobe, what you just said is so profound. Um, and and I, I want to just like see if I can summarize it. Um, if, and it has to do with talking about the details. If, if I'm in recovery, um, I'm going to resonate energetically much different than when I'm, when I'm in my shame, right? Totally, so, totally. So if, if my spouse says, Hey, I want to know, you know, the, the bra sizes of the women that you look at online. Okay. And, and I say, you know what, instead of sharing that detail with you right now, I'd like for us or for you to, to, to go talk to our therapist or to really think about this. I don't think it's good for you, for me to share that with you right now. Now she's going to feel something. Mm -hmm. She's going to feel either I'm coming from a place of real genuine love and I care about her. Yes. Or I'm cut. If, if I'm not in recovery, I'm coming from a place of, I could be coming from a place of shame, um, from a place of being dishonest and trying to hide something. Yes. You'll feel that too. Right. Yes. Yes. So, so, so when I'm in recovery, I'm much more, um, open and I'm much more willing to share anything, but I'm also going to be boundaried and, and really, and really not be selfish in, in why I'm disclosing and why I'm not. When you're in your addiction, you're in straight protection mode. In yeah, your totally. Anger, right. And, 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 and your partner will feel that will sense that. Yes. Over time. Yes. Um, so that, that's a really important distinction. Um, because so, I think you can see that. I mean, it's like you can, I think there's, there's evidence. I mean, <laughs> um, there's a saying in business, right? Success leaves clues, but, but recovery leaves clues just yeah. like addiction mm -hmm. leaves clues. And those clues oftentimes have a certain vibe, a certain energy, a certain feeling to them. And, um, you know, if, if, a, if a, an addict is, afraid apprehensive or scared to say actually i'm not going to go into the details anymore because based upon what i've you know been told with my by therapist or in group or my sponsor that they want to process those details with me and and those won't serve us as hard as that's going to be for you to hear that i i still want to be able to honor that commitment that i've made because that's going to serve us together well and i, I would different energy yes yeah, yes i would suggest if if you are the person who is asking for more details, male or female, to just sit in that and to really go process and journal on your own of what are the questions I'm asking and why do I need to know these things? Right. If you can just sit in those things and um, show up a little different and be self-reflective, when I'm curious with myself, it may take me a lot longer than Kobe wants. You know, I process pretty slow um, and by myself it still allows me to show up in a better way to honor me and to honor him than right. when I just like immediately, I need to know, I need to know. Um, that's Ashlyn. That's important because um, you get to your wise mind, you get grounded 
before you really go have those conversations. When you're in that emotional mind, you're in that control place, you're just grasping for things, right? right. And so I, I think it's important. One thing I always say is, is a man in recovery will be completely transparent. And that doesn't mean that a man in recovery automatically just says, here's the, every last detail of every little thing. But a man in recovery would say, I'm willing to tell you anything. Yeah. I'm open. I'm honest. Now, if, his, if, if, if the spouse comes and says, well, give me this detail, he might say, I'm willing to tell you anything, but I'd really like to sit down with our therapist and have this conversation. Um, you know, to have a boundary to say, I kind of see, you wouldn't say it this way, but I kind of see you're spinning. I kind of see the fear cycle here. I want to get to that grounded place so that to see if you really want to know this information or not. Right. But for him to be in that place where it's like, I'm open, I'll tell you anything, right? Which yeah. is a trust builder. It doesn't sound like it, but it really is when, yes. um, yeah, don't therapize like Brennan saying, don't do that. Um, <laughs> but you can think it and then just, you know. Yeah. Right. And I think the best, the best time to have that conversation is not when. At midnight? Yeah. Not, not after <laughs> 10 p.m. At midnight. Not after 10 p.m. Putting the kids to bed. Yeah, exactly. Not after a long, hard day, but also just when, when you're both feeling calm, you're both centered, you're both present and not in the instance or moment of conflict. Yeah. Like the last, the last place you want to be able to have a conversation or the last time you want to have a conversation with your parents about curfew is like 15 minutes before you're supposed to be home and it takes 20 minutes to get there. Right. Right. And the last time, last, so it's the same principle applies is you want to have that when you're calm because it's going to be challenging enough. Even when you have previously had the discussion and both agreed upon it, it'll be really challenging even in that moment right. to honor what you've agreed to. I just want to flush out one last thing before we kind of wrap up. And because I talk a lot about rebuilding trust and I talk about how to be an honest person, an empathetic person, a consistent person. Um, that's great. All that stuff is awesome. That stuff shows that you have integrity so that then you're a trustworthy person. However, trust ultimately won't happen between two individuals unless there's that vulnerable space. And it's interesting. I think you guys illustrated it really well today in that, you know, Ashlyn, you were saying, I really don't know what exactly he's saying or talking about with his sponsors. I, you know, I really don't, I don't, we don't get into those things. And, and that's actually one of the big reasons why you trust Kobe is because you let him be him. He's going to do his thing and he's going to come share with you and talk to you when he needs to, right? You remove yourself and your fear and control out of that equation. And then you feel safe together, right? If both people have that integrity, does, does that make sense? Oh yeah. It doesn't feel right. Like when you hear that, there's probably people like, no <laughs> paradox there. It yeah. is. It's totally a paradox because there is this, I just see Kobe doing his thing and it's like, okay, I don't even go there of that. I wonder what he's saying. Um, because I, it really has been something I've had to let go. It was not easy. I will say that. And it is that like messy trying to trust myself and really be okay that I, I will be okay. Even if he chooses to this, this, and this. I will be okay. Like that was a really hard thing for me to come to, but right. an important one. <laughs> yeah. There's that space. If you want to build trust, 
you got to trust. You got to just try it and see if you're going to get burned again. And that's the vulnerable space. Absolutely. There's some really good content here. Appreciate all of this stuff that we've talked about. And um, I got to say this too, if you've heard something and you're like, okay, this sounds really good, but where do we even start? What's the next step? Okay. Um, We want to give you a free gift. Okay. Uh, Go to beyond-enough.com forward slash step one. And that's the number one, not the letter, not the word one, but number one, beyond-enough.com forward slash step one. And that will be um, a, a little gift that we've given to you that will allow you to know where do I even start? I've heard something. I want to take steps. I want to have um, action. I'm, I'm ready. I just don't know where. This is a great place to start. Thank you guys for being here. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate having you. Take care, guys. Good we'll see, see you again. You, Brandon. Bye.